You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 175 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. Back again after a long hiatus. Uh, Sorry for the break. Obviously, uh, there's been a lot of speculation, but no real news, which, uh, you know, we kind of predicted. Um, They had to sort out contracts for our coach first. Talk about that. They had to sort out, you know, now they have to sort out returning players and, you know, lock in maybe some some salary cuts and stuff like that, you know. But so I think this is the pre-transfer period as as we've been getting lately. Uh, but I do, he's so quietly waiting over there. I have a special guest today, and he's one who everyone will recognize immediately. Uh, my favorite podcast co-host and yours. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Converses! How you doing, man? Oh! I'm good, I'm good. How are you, Tidal? <laughs> yeah, he's ready. Ready to go. Yeah, yeah, taking the big intro here. Have to build it up. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everyone. You don't get those types of intros, do you? <laughs> I was going to say, I even have your theme song, which I guess I'll segue in to like when I'm introducing you, and then I'll, I'll cut it out. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. Um, it's great to have you back, sir. Been a while. We were just it's been too long. joking about that before we started recording. Um, what's <laughs> new, man? Uh, what, what I'm doing? Um... Well, yeah, I just like life, I guess, you know. How, yeah. How are you feeling? <laughs> Summer, right? Summertime yeah, coming? you know, the school year is about to end, so the kid's going to be home for two months. Uh, okay. uh, luckily, the wife's going to be home for three weeks as well, so we're going to oh, do some okay. uh, some museums, uh, some dinosaur museums, paleontology stuff. Uh, like, the kid likes all that stuff, you know. Who doesn't? Yeah, who doesn't, you know? Some stuff. I'm ready to go. Now that uh, you mention it, I'm going to go, too. So, uh, looking forward to spending some time with uh, with uh, with the kid and with uh, the with the missus, and uh, you know things are opening up again. I'm getting my shot soon. I know you got your shot already. I got mine, mine maxed up. Yeah. yeah, I'm getting mine in a week's time. Exactly. We're recording this on Wednesday, and I'm getting it next Wednesday. So perfect. Uh, yeah, gonna get a Pfizer shot. So nice, Pfizer gang. Yeah, I got my second Pfizer. <laughs> in fact, I'm, oh, I'm two weeks nice. through now. Now how, I could. How did, uh, how'd you how'd you how'd you take it? Honestly, I I did really well. Uh, I had no complications at all. Um, the the first one, it felt like somebody had punched me in my arm for about really? four days. Oh, uh, uh, but four weeks. Four, four days. weeks. 
days, days, days. No, like it was all, like nothing. And by, by what I say, it felt like somebody punched me in the arm. Like it felt like somebody had punched me in the arm. Really, like right after I got the shot, there was nothing. It was the easiest shot I've ever gotten. I like it was one of those like, oh, it's done, you know. And I walked out. And yeah. so it was like literally like the next day, it felt like somebody had punched me, but uh, like they'd punched me the day before. So you know, it was just like mm -hmm. sore, a little yeah. sore. But that was nothing. Um, you know, my wife had it a little harder after the first one because she yeah. apparently still had a bunch of antibodies left over from when we mm. had the Ronin. Mm, so right, right. You apparently that's affected. Um, but it just by, by getting it really bad, I just mean she was just like tired. She, yeah. she like napped for a couple of days. And even then she like, she she's a real busy body. So she was working most of the time. <laughs> so I mean, it didn't, didn't stop her. Um, yeah, Kim got AstraZeneca, and so she got it like a while ago already because she works at the hospital. So she nice. got it ages ago. Yeah. Um, and she she had a very she had a very sore arm for like a week or something. Um, and I think the first shot she had a little bit of a fever, but the second shot she didn't really. But it depends from uh, depending on the vaccine, supposedly. Like yeah, exactly. Pfizer, you're supposed to not really feel anything the first shot, but then the second shot you might get a little bit sick and. Well, so yeah, and that's. That was the thing with the second shot. I got real nervous because, like, because mm. I had such an easy time with the first one. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that you might have it, and actually, the second one was even easier. You know, I didn't even have the arm pain Good. so much this time. So, um, yeah, the, I, the, I think the arm pain probably depends a little bit on on, on whoever sets the shot. Like on the uh, technique, yeah, possibly. So my second yeah. one was was a, was a pro. I um, I know it's like that when you know like when you have like blood uh, like you, if you donate blood or something right, or you right. just have like some blood uh, you know for blood sample taken like it, it it that always you know depends on who does it like if they are able to find a vein quickly and stuff like that and you know that can really impact whether uh, yeah. you have a blue arm the next day or not so I don't know maybe it's the same way there I, I don't know if it's Could really be. the shot but yeah well, yeah, I know a lot of people have said that this one has sort of had that effect, but definitely like the difference between the first and the second one was noticeable. Mm. So perhaps that was it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> definitely the the takeaway is for anyone who's like fearful, don't be. Uh, it was real smooth. I, I unfortunately I do not have Magneto superpowers like the conspiracy <laughs> theorists promised. I was really, uh. you know, like. Imagine complaining about that. I would love I mean, to be magnetic. I, I'd, I'd love me some some adamantium claws myself. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and come on. Great for scratching your ass and stuff. I, imagine I complaining about a little magnetism. No, I <laughs> I can't imagine. Um, what's funny too is like a lot of those conspiracy theorists were using like keys and stuff, and apparently the metal alloy in keys is so weak that that keys are not magnetic. So. They were just exposing that they were dirty and it's kind of sticky, <laughs> which is sort of hilarious. But anyway, um, let's let's dig into what we're what we're all here for, which is of course Besiktas. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of actual news to talk about, although really not that much concrete stuff. And I think what we're here for and what what our fans are going to be excited to hear uh, your takes on are uh, you know regarding the review of. What ended up being a fantastic season, huh, Khan? Who would have thought going into it that that would be the case? Certainly not us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I mean, you know, we had a, we had a pretty good renaissance under Sagan after he took over from Abdullah the previous season. So I think we were all 
hopeful that we would see good football at least because yeah, I think that was the main. Right? Yeah, I think the main takeaway. Not championship. From, no, exactly. Like the main takeaway for me at least was Sergen is able to do something with limited material, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I did not expect us to really vie for the championship simply because, you know, Burak Yilmaz left, of course. Uh, you know, Janer, Gokhan, uh, a bunch of players left. Um, and in a context where it's not like we were going to like immediately replace them with, you know, talent as far as we could tell. Yeah, and we got a lot of like unknowns in. Like, mm -hmm. I think Valentin Rosier was very Big much a question mark for most people, including myself. Uh, Rashid Ghazal, I mean, obviously a little bit more known. You know, he played for Lyon when we played them. Uh, you know, played for Monaco, played, played of course for a little bit for Leicester, and we'll get loaned out, I think, to Fiorentina and, and Roma and stuff. But like, I think most of us will remember him from his time at Lyon or Monaco. Yeah, did he um, score a penalty against us? Uh, he did in the penalty shootout, yeah, the but he had actually out, yeah. never taken a, a, a penalty during um, during a normal run of play. Like, Until he, he, yeah. Yeah, so like the three penalties he scored this season for us were his three first penalties ever in his professional career, not counting penalty shootouts. I actually, um, uh, I gave you a shout out because you had said that in a group chat, and I, so I, I, I repeated it already here. So, yeah, <laughs> okay. you, <laughs> you've been, you've been on the podcast uh, somehow. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, like, I think a lot of question marks for us. We got, of course, with, with so Joseph de Souza, we got somebody in that we knew already from his time at Fenerbahce. But I think, at least for me, it was very much a question whether he would be able to retain re or uh, be as good as he, he was at Fenerbahce. Yeah. Um, and even at Fenerbahce, you know, I mean, personally, I, I never thought too highly of him but of course it might have been a little bit of uh um you know how you tend to look at rival players like you try to look at their 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 shortcomings rather than their qualities and when you're looking at your own players you're doing the the reverse basically um so you know, like my analysis of joseph at the beginning of the season while you're while we're here was that mm. I had hated him enough as a Fenner player that I thought there was a it was a good sign, you know, because like I couldn't mm -hmm. remember him doing anything dirty, like a mellow type, you know, where I was like, oh, I know why I hate him, well, or, or even like a Barack, right? Uh, forgot so I was like, I was like, I don't know why I hate him so much. already? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I was like, I don't know why I hate him so much, but. Because like I couldn't think of something he had done, that actually made me think. All right, maybe it's because he was like annoying in a good way, you know. Like, uh, so I was a little hopeful. But no, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he was one of those players that would enable his team to dominate midfield. Um, I think, and I, I, it's definitely something that we lacked, uh, and definitely something he added this season. But like in large, still for for a large part, and especially also with the the way we started the season. Uh, quite negatively with um, I think we, we won the first game away at Trabzon but then we lost uh, against against Everly at home and uh, yeah we, we I think we lost like three games or something um, in the first five or something like that and it was a real bad start but then of course those late transfers started to come in with uh, Abubakar with Souza with Gezal with Rosier um, and those guys I would say and Wellington it too. Saved us. But yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but yes, but especially I think you know, 
I mean, Gets you know out. what? I'll, I'll even I'm I'm gonna say this, and it, uh, it's gonna get not you know I'm I'm gonna be received poorly probably, but in Sakala too, why not? I, I, like honestly, yeah. especially when you when you look at how he contributed late in the season, he was probably I mean, our most yeah, steady yeah, defender I'm, for a minute. If you if you look at the amount of games he played, like you cannot um, you can't discredit his importance this season like was he a weak link i think yeah. in certain <laughs> stretch of games he definitely was uh, towards the I, I liked him for the majority of the season like people were uh criticizing him quite heavily even early on but i liked yeah. him early on um it was it it was just uh the last stretch of games where i felt uh, he cost us a couple of goals um no no I remember guess. in the very end he was solid it was he had he mm, had like right before the end no yeah remember he had like a couple of, like man of the match performances like he, coming he had into a, the last few rounds i think right he, he, had he really was like good, very up and down he had a really good stretch of form but then he had a couple of games towards the end of the season where we dropped points that really yeah. got us into trouble really where he yeah. lifted the offside trap like two or yeah three he was the, yeah the fatigue yeah. factor right we were commenting on that a lot he seemed to always fade out like by around the 60th minute and then get us into trouble around the 70th or 80th um maybe i no. don't remember exactly which games it were um i mean it was i don't think it was the ankaraguju game it was uh which games that we draw points in towards the end? I mean, definitely the the the, the Fatih Karagumruk game. Um, he, I think he let either Endau or Borini on side, so he definitely had some uh, butter on his head there. We would say here in Belgium. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that one. That's, that's a, a that's say here, you know, when you're kind of <laughs> responsible for 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 something like for for conceding a goal or something. We say he's got butter on his head there. Um, so he definitely did have some butter on his head. Uh, I've heard butter fingers, but yeah, that's. But he also let's not forget he also scored the fourth goal against Fenerbahce away. He also uh, gave a really good assist against Trabzonspor, but that was a match we ended up losing. So I guess that doesn't really matter all that much. But like at the end of the day, you know, it's not like he didn't contribute. And but the main factors, transfer-wise, for our success this season definitely were at one for me, like Gezal by a mile, the, oh, the yeah. man of the season. Um, Abubakar was was vying for that title until he basically stopped. Uh, yeah, disappeared from the squad basically for the last ten games um, because it, he basically. Yeah, in the in the first twenty five or so matches he played, he scored fifteen goals, gave a, gave us a couple of assists as well. He was really important. Uh, the side was very instrumental in in the Fenerbahce away derby as well, and he played some really big games. Uh, but obviously he faded, um, so he was important up until the crucial ending of the season. Uh, Souza obviously had a great yeah. season, and I guess and we'll put a placeholder on on Abubakar. Obviously, we'll have to come yeah. back to that subject <laughs> later. But I don't think we can underestimate the contribution of Kyle Lauren either, despite the fact no that I do think that he was very much uh, a product of the team uh, doing so well. Because for me, Gezal, Abubakar, Souza. Like these guys really stood out above the rest, like individually. I don't think Lauren ever did. Like Lauren was very much 
the product of the team performing. But as well, Laren, maybe not scoring in those last couple of weeks, but let's not forget, he did win that penalty against Gustepe, and he also gave that really good assist to Gazelle against Fatih Karagumruk, which uh, at, the, at the time I thought this game was going terrible and we were going to lose it, and we did end up losing it. But he did give us some hope there again. Um, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, no, uh, that, that, yeah. that ability, which I really feel Sergen must have activated because it was such a problem, but his ability to use his body and hold the ball, like actually play with his back to the goal was no, so I, he, improved over previous seasons, I thought. And so he definitely did that. Uh, he definitely picked, uh, he definitely improved that greatly in Belgium. I think the main thing maybe, Sergen yeah. did was instill confidence in him and utilize him well. Recognize yeah. his weaknesses as a player. Finding that that his role on the wing. I mean, it's yeah. night and day, right? Like, yeah. as a winger, I'm I mean, even like, really oh, you know, we can actually use like, cause, like with with talk of he's supposedly. I guess this is a sort of spoiler, but I, we probably won't really talk about it anyway. Supposedly, he's stated he wants to stay with us. I don't know if you've heard this, but because of how effective he was on the wing, I've actually sort of convinced myself that. If we were to get a good enough striker to make sure that he's not ever relied on for that, I, I'm okay with it. Honestly, I'll take it. Like especially like with with Unkudu being kind of injury prone and not entirely reliable, I feel like having those two to play off each other wouldn't be the worst thing. Obviously, I'd much rather cash in on Laren now because I don't think his value will ever be higher. But I mean, again, like another season on the wing, I would not really, I wouldn't hate it. You know. Yeah, um, for me, I really, really, really hope, and I would almost say insist that we sell him. I think, like you said, this is this is the time. Uh, there's also talk of us maybe even off, uh, extending his contract just to make sure that we can actually ask a good price for him. Because mm -hmm. obviously, he's in this. La he's gonna go into his last contract year now, which would impact our ability to ask the the big sure. price. So let's let's say if he extends, then you can maybe ask three, four million more. Um, and I think realistically, you can get ten million for him right now. Given his, I think his equity is pretty high at the moment. He's also doing well for the Canadian national team. Um, so I, I mentioned previously, but he scored what actually amounted to, to six in the last incredibly seven, right? important goal. Uh, uh, so. CONCACAF is weird, there's like a pre-round to get to the last round of qualifiers and so they had to beat Haiti, Haiti yeah. in, in a two-legged series and you'd think they would do well in that, but it's Canada you know, they're not, at least historically mm. they're not that much better than Haiti uh, but, you know, nowadays obviously with Alfonso Davies and um, Jonathan David over at Lille and stuff like that, like they yeah. have a lot more uh, value going up front going forward anyway, um and yeah, it was actually Kyle Lahren who scored the only goal in the first leg. Mm -hmm. um, so it ended up being huge. It was I think he, I think he scored in the second leg as well, didn't he? And he scored, yeah. I mean, they yeah. actually kind of they, dominated they won the second one. They won one nil there, didn't they, or something? The or first one they won one nil. So it was, it was oh, his wow. goal alone that yeah, yeah. that sealed it. And the second one they won, I think, three to one or something. Yeah, so it was a little easier for them. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's, no. Um, he's been on fire for club and country this year, um, for sure. Like. Uh, 19 goals in the league for us, then a couple of more in Europe and in the Cup, I think. You know, he's had that goal against Pauk, right? And 
Didn't yeah. I think he did, right? And then he, uh, I think he scored like 23 goals for us this season total. And then he, he got a bunch of goals for Canada as well. So I mean, he's he's obviously doing great. And I, I've got, I'm on the record for saying I'm not, I'm not a, a huge, I don't rate him particularly high uh, as a, as a, as a purely when it comes to his, his it's difficult to, 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 to put this in words really like football technically I don't think he's the biggest talent no. uh, but but I'm very happy he's definitely proven me wrong I mean I, I think I've gone on the record and saying that I don't think he's Besiktas material and I don't think he could handle the level and I think he very much proved me and, and a lot of other people wrong this season I'm very happy for that and I'm happy for him as well because he's worked really hard um, he he went out on loan. He could have stayed at Besiktas. He could have stayed just to cash in his paycheck. But he went out and he worked on himself, worked on improving himself. Uh, and then, of course, when he came back now, uh, Sergen uh, saw something in him as well. Uh, but still, it's up to Laren to 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 step up, and he he did. Um, he didn't always deliver, especially when we had to play him as a striker. But yeah, yeah. And that was like later the, on, obviously. Yeah, and but although, then, although, although, big although, Hatayspor, who was our striker. Yeah, true, true. And, and I'll scored, actually, I'll never forget um, what he scored. I think his third goal of that match, and Abubakar, he did this like whoa, like he waved his hands like it's oh, this guy's hot, he's on fire type thing. And I, <laughs> I remember thinking like, huh, I hope Abubakar isn't. Like, on the one hand, feeling like, oh, maybe we don't need him, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, or on the other hand, like, jealous, you know? But he actually seemed, at the time, I was like, oh, he seems really into it. So I, th- I thought of it as a yeah. really positive thing. Uh, like, he, you know, he's even supporting his competition for, for the spot. Which, obviously, like, between the two of them, it would have been no competition, but... Yeah. Whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, Laren stepped up. He had his. He played a fantastic season. He played a big part in the championship. I don't think anywhere near as big as Rashid Ghazal did. Um, maybe not even as big as Abubakar. Although I think Laren's consistency throughout the season probably puts him in that conversation. Look, let's um, put it this way: the the MVP is between Ghazal, uh, Joseph, and, uh, probably. Um, Abubakar, and then I think probably a fourth would be Laren. Um, Gazal is so like he stands, I think, sort of shoulders above the others. You know? Yeah, I don't think there's any there's any conversation. I don't think there like yeah. I think Gazal has no competition in that. Like the way he stepped up. Nobody. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's incredible. Like I, I've seen people liken it a little bit to Mario Gomez, and of course it's a very different type. Like uh, Gazal's. Uh, more uh, an assisting, you know, a creator, not really a goal scorer, um, but the way Until he the end, just, yeah, I mean, he ended up scoring eight goals and uh, some imp- really important ones, Oof. but at the end of the day, he, he was the creator. I mean, he had 17 assists in the league, one in the cup final. Uh, I think that's something we tend to gloss over, but we won the freaking double. You know, we didn't just win the league, we won the double as well. And in a season where I don't think anyone realistically expected us to win trophies, maybe the cup, because the cup sometimes gets treated a little bit disrespectfully in Turkey, which I I, I think is unfortunate because I'm a big fan of cup football, especially if you look at uh, other countries, the cup means something. 
Um, I like that all... the only kind of guaranteed Europa League spot, group league spot, group stage spot, is uh, via the cup. Honestly, I think I think the more prominence you can give these tournaments, the better. I love. I mean, as yeah. a basketball guy, I love playoffs, like the knockout round type stuff. <laughs> um, as a football guy, I love that you have like a league table to sort of counter yeah. that with, you know, which which yeah, yeah. obviously would be better in basketball sometimes, but. Um, I also, you know, I love that that I love that you get like the best of both worlds, and I think when you diminish the cup, you're taking away from that, actually. So, yeah, yeah I, and I, I don't really understand because in other countries the cup gets treated a lot more seriously, a lot, a lot more respect. I don't know why in Turkey it kind of gets diminished a little bit. Um, it's disparaged even. It's unfortunate because cup football is great, um, it, and it, it, it sometimes. In Turkey, not as often, but you have these super fun fixtures between a third division team and a first division team, and the third division team going through and stuff like that. And you do have those fixtures early on, but like sometimes you have those encounters in the semifinals and stuff like that, which makes it. Well, uh, let's not forget, extra. right? Like we got experience. Like we were ready to play Erzurum this year because we had pre- we'd previously faced them in the cup. Remember? So. We've benefited. We've, we've gotten experience against sides via the Cup. <laughs> well, that happened uh, more often this season to uh, to several teams. I think Alanya and Antalya had the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. They played each other in the league around exactly the same time that they played each other in the Cup. And yeah, usually exactly. what you see in those types of situations is that in the league it goes one way and then in the Cup it goes the other. Uh, fortunately, I remember we, when we played Basakshir back to back like that, was it? Yeah. We beat them both times? Yeah, we beat them both times, yeah. Like, we were kind of the exception to the rules, so to speak. Well, uh, that's, that's not a real club, is it? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> that, was, that was harsh. Especially after this year, I shouldn't be picking on their, like, eight fans, but whatever. Um, yeah, no. I, All right, pick you. away, man. Pick away. <laughs> I love the cup. No, I'm a big cup guy, too. I, I, yeah. I love... Um, me too. The I, mystique uh, of those early rounds where, yeah, where you can face some I, of these I mean, I'm, I love the Europa League as well, and I'm sure I'm going to love the Conference League too. Like, I do tend to gravitate to Intertoto. Towards... I used to love the Intertoto. <laughs> well, Although I didn't understand it entirely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, but nobody still does. Like, the Intertoto Cup is something really special. Like, you have multiple little finals, and then you ended up being in the UEFA Cup or something. Yeah, right? there was, like, at the end, they, 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 it would end, like, there's the final four. They made the semifinals, and then it's like, nope, actually, we're done. They're all going. No problem. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? We don't even get a winner in the end? So you know, with no, the, like, cup they, winner. The way that they structure the, the Europa League now with uh, basically cup winners getting the direct spots, it's kind of like the Europa League is now the cup winner's cup. Yeah, yeah, and no, I like it. You know? I like it. I really anyway. do. Yeah. Um, no, and I think uh, it absolutely underscores our success this year that we got the double. Because it like that's typically the mark of not just a good year, but some of your better years, right? When you, when you can claim the double over your rivals. I mean, so for us to have done it this year, and I've mm. said this on numerous occasions throughout the season, but this, for me, will always be one of my favorite seasons just because of how we did this. Because of yeah. the fact that, A, it was Sergen to kind yeah. of pull everyone together, like our kind of prodigal son, if you will, right? But yeah, on top definitely. of that, that he did it in a way where we followed FFP rules and not only like quote unquote followed you know but like did some slick maneuvers like our rivals tend to do and and broke some rules but we literally like made progress we cut Mm. our 
wages by a significant amount. I forget exactly how much. Yeah, amount, but Basically we really did the job, right? Like we did yeah. the job in a sort of reasonable, responsible sense financially, but then also like somehow, and obviously this has to go to say again, but then also to like a huge shout out to the French crew on our team, right? That that camaraderie between them and the friendliness and the the, yeah. the smiles, like uh, mm-hmm. Aboubakar, Rosier, Nkudu, uh, and Sakala, like that that little crew. Even Mensa, yeah. um, they, they they radiated positivity, and it seemed to spread throughout the club. Um, sure. Again, though, I really think Sergan must have played a pivotal role. But I think you know that's where you also see the difference between us and and Galatasaray and Fenerbahce is that Besiktas was, and this the players said this throughout the season, like we we are more than just teammates. Yeah. You know, and and that's something Sergen got into it. But also, you need to have the right characters in the team. And I think guys like Ensakala, I think his his importance in the squad is underestimated. Like Ensakala and Kudu, Abubakar, uh, yeah. unfortunately now in hindsight, right. um, those no, guys. It's funny you mentioned Ensakala. Ensakala was always one of those guys that was always very quick to apologize when he'd have a bad day. Have you? Did you notice that? And I think for all the crap people gave him. It goes a long way when someone sort of puts their hand up and says, "Like, look, that was on me, my bad." But like, I, yeah, I promise, yeah, I next time we're gonna come out even harder. You know, I'm like, you I think that. a guy like Ensakala realizes that he is very lucky to play at a club as Besiktas. Mm-hmm. I think he doesn't really have an ego. I don't think he thinks he can do better. Yeah. So I think he's very self-aware, and if he plays a bad game, I think he takes responsibility because of that. Uh, I would imagine that players to, who think they have a higher ceiling might not be as quick to recognize their... their of course, right, yeah. Oh. Or at least they maybe try to minimize a bad day, right? But, or just... Um, yeah, yeah no, I, just, I appreciated that humility. I appreciated that kind of transparency, right? Like, that goes a yeah. long way in, in Turkey, especially these days. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's one of my favorite players, because, I mean... He's, he's, he's not, but... I'm getting his kit this year. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. no, <laughs> Don't I... do that. You know what happens if you do. I know, he's gone. You're not, like... you're not allowed to get any more kits with names on them that, you know, <laughs> like, get, maybe get, like, uh, uh, who do you want? Get a Juven Yelchin shirt or something. Oh yeah. man, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> that's, that's the new thing. Mustafa Pekcemek. On, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you heard, Sergen gave him a shout. Like, he... He said that yeah. was one of his new projects. I don't even know if Sergey I mean, can fix that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, um, uh, who knows? Like, the thing, the difference is that for, for me, like, Laren went and did well abroad. Yeah. Juven went and basically and did nothing. Played like seven uh, times. I mean, I didn't really expect him to. Like, I think going to Serie A, to Lecce, that was a, a tall order. I think he would have been better off going to a smaller league. Um, but even still, like, I don't know, Guven, we saw some glimpses of, of talent, but I've also seen so much bad stuff from him. It's difficult sometimes because confidence plays such a big role in how a footballer performs that it's hard to judge, really. Like, I mean, look at Laren, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, 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 I would not write him off completely, but he's not some... Like as long as he's not our 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 uh, our main plan or our, even our contingency plan, then I'm fine with it. Like if if, yeah. if Sergen just wants to like try him out in the the training camp and um, you know yeah, give him exactly. a couple of games at the start of the season, sure. What? Why not? Maybe the but friendlies. Like, let's see if he brings any energy. No, you know, and I think 
one thing that was exposed last season, uh, as far as poor management goes, and uh, this is not of the Sergen variety, but of the you know general manager variety rather, um, we clearly lacked a bit of depth, especially later in the season. And of course, who could have predicted? I mean, that was the first forty match season we've ever experienced. So in like a lot of people predicted it, but. I think that's a little unfair because we got an insane amount of injuries yeah, at the exact did. same time almost like that the 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 injury wave we had towards the end of the season I, I that was unseen I've never ever seen that before Galtzright throughout the season had their fair share of injuries but they didn't all clump up together like that and it's it's much better when it's spread out and you can compensate it with alternatives we basically at the end of the season like we were playing with Gökhan Tören and Kudu who were both both injured and they were they strikers were, yeah. and they had to play because there yeah. was nobody else so both of them played with minor injuries and yeah. like especially Gökhan I think sacrificed his well-being uh, for the good of the club for the good of the club and the good of the team uh, by doing that um, no, actually, those I, three those three and I think this is something I've not talked about on the podcast, and you're just sort of reminding me, refreshing my memory regarding. But Nkuru, Laren, and Tore all mm. sacrificed so much at that in that last stretch uh, in terms of playing injured. Yeah, and and like Tore, like literally sacrificed, like maybe a couple years at the end of his career, even. Uh, but like Nkuru too, considering how injured he he often is, for him to yeah, play yeah. injured that was huge. And of course, Kyle Laren. I, I yeah. think everybody. Laren as well. He also picked now. up picked up a knock, and he also still played. You know, he had that 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 guy, like that eye that was like yeah, dude. Yeah, he played with this right with like a, yeah. and then he came back the next week because we needed him, right? So he was playing yeah. with the ability yeah. for someone to smash his head open. Yeah, exactly. So like those guys, um, you know, Kudus, like when he missed that penalty, he got a lot of. Shit. But at the end of the day. You know, because he, you know, remember he missed that penalty against Ankara Gujur in the, like the second minute or something, and he laughed. Mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, and yeah. people see that as he doesn't care, but that's not. That's not because he doesn't care. That's I'm an uncomfortable laugher too. I have to stand up for him. <laughs> I, I, I always know. laugh when I'm uncomfortable. I don't even know if it's an uncomfortable laugh. It's more like, oh my god, I can't believe. I how did I? Like, and how did I do it so do badly? Oh my, I, you know, that's. It's not. It's not a laugh of not caring. No way. It's yeah. a laugh of. Oh my god. Being annoyed yeah. at yourself. <laughs> How could I have things. done that? No, yeah, I, I do that. I do that. I do that. Exactly. I really and do. and the thing is like I think he even if if it wasn't, like I think he went out and proved that he definitely did care and he did want to give it his all. Um, yeah. And Nkudu, at different times in the season, I thought he might have not been as motivated. But if you look back at the greater scheme of things, like not just his final stretch of games, let's not forget Nkudu gave the assists to the 4-2 against Fenerbahce, that ended up ultimately being the winner. Um, and he also scored the 2-0 against Galtrai in injury time. If it wasn't for that goal, we would not have won the league. And Kudus, in Kudus, like he's no, he's nowhere near uh, a Gezal, uh, even a Laren, you know, in terms of contributing to the title. But he had his share of this championship for sure. Yeah. And it, it, at the end of the day, if you look at how the, the season shaped out, every single player that scored had his part in the championship. Even Dude, Tyler Boyd, every goal, even, exactly. Even Jermaine Lentz. 
who scored in the opening games. Like those guys all played a part. They all, you know, contributed to this. Dude, uh, you know what? Let's extend it even further. Think of all like, especially late in the season. I'm, I'm gonna sort of especially highlight Wellington, but like, think of those guys who saved goals, like making diving saves. You know, like to to keep scores down a little, or you know what I mean? Like, or like yeah. when we were still tied and they prevent them from taking the lead. Like, I just, I, I think of Wellington making like three, like racing back and making us like cutting out an opponent who was one-on-one -on -one with a keeper type thing. And like, those are also almost as impactful as goals when you look at the goal differential that, that we won by, right? Uh, there are so many key performers and performances now that you go back. I don't think we should really spend any time with the negativity and sort of focusing on like low lights of the season or anything like that because honestly like as you're mentioning it i mean anybody who's critical of nkudu to go back to who you were talking about has to recall how badly like when we like were struggling at the end of the season just to put out 11 guys he was one of those guys that we felt like we absolutely needed right so that i think that speaks enough to kind of his capacity or you know potential with, with us at, on the club yeah for sure uh, yeah no, I, I just i feel like when you're in a pinch and like when it, when push came to shove and it's like oh my god we need 11 guys especially like Nkudu, right because we felt like oh his pace and we, we need someone on the wing who's got to, some technique just to see it in that context suddenly his 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 value i think gets brought into light right yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think if you look at the grand scheme of things, like from all our outfield players, I think only Montero didn't score. Like yeah. everyone else scored a goal. Rosier scored, Ridvan scored, and Zakala scored, um, Vida scored multiple goals, Wellington scored, Atiba scored, Souza scored, uh, Leij scored, Ozhan scored, Lenz scored, Boyd scored, Guven scored. Uh, guess Wait, did Montero scored. not score at the end? No, I thought he might no, Montero. Yeah. Montero's the only one who who didn't score, uh, and of wow. course the goalkeepers. Um, and I'm not I'm not counting like youth players that didn't play or played like maybe like a minute or something. Like I'm not counting like, Kaido. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think those guys played to begin with. But like everyone else scored a, at least one goal and. I think that also shows the strength of the team. And uh, Jing Tulsun uh, gave like an interview postseason, obviously, you know, given his injury and you know his future and about the season and stuff. And he he said, and I I wholeheartedly agree with him. He said, if it wasn't for me and Abubakar being injured, for us being basically without a striker because Laren had to play there, but Laren's more of a, of a left, you know, striker coming Apparently, from the left. Yeah. Even, he, or Cenk literally said that, like, Cenk, like Laren is best coming from, from the wing and, and he feels most comfortable there. If it wasn't for Abubakar or myself being injured, I think we would have we would have lifted the trophy three, four weeks before the end of the season. And I 100% agree with him on that. I think anyone who looked at Besiktas this season and 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 isn't completely biased about you know their their love for Galtry or whatever. Uh, I think they would say the same thing. Well, folks, um, as you could probably tell, Khan and I were very glad to to be reunited on air. Uh, but so we we dragged on for quite a long time, 
almost three hours of conversation pre-editing. Um, but so yeah, obviously too much for one episode. So what I've decided to do is actually trim the, the whole thing down and show it to you folks, our loyal listeners, uh, in three episodes. <clears throat> but so yeah, uh, stay tuned for part two of our season review. Uh, Khan and I keep talking. Uh, we, we go on to talk about uh, a number of things conspiracy theories that our rivals have brought up against us um just more talk of triumphs we talk a little bit about the euros uh, i mean we have a nice long conversation about football in general obviously our transfer window um abubakar right so yeah there's a lot to talk about uh and we get we, we i think we we cover every base we we <laughs> I think we were pretty thorough uh, in our conversation. But so, yeah, stay tuned for more. Um, you know, in the off-season, I thought it would be nice to, to spread this thing out. Uh, but I won't wait a whole week to release the, the other parts because I already have them ready to go. Uh, but so, yeah, in a few more days, I'll, I'll release the second part and a few days after that, the third part. With that said, I don't want to, uh, to give transfer news short shrift here. Uh, there's a lot coming in. So I had everyone's uh, favorite, second favorite? I don't know. You can decide. I don't want to. I'll stop saying that. But um, Evron, the Aquaman himself, uh, dropped transfer news for us. And, you know, his opinions on the latest and how realistic they are. So, yeah, I will will include that here. uh, And then I'll wrap up this episode until next week. and Sinan had a, a long conversation, but uh, I'm here to give you guys a quick, um, you know, little transfer roundup uh, with Sergan finally signing the contract, uh, one-year extension. Uh, a bit of a worrying delay, but he's staying. Um, there's reported that we're gonna sign our, at least seven players this summer. Um, Salyu Chan is supposedly done. Um, probably was just waiting for you know that whole start again thing, and then uh, that well they said they have an agreement in principle, which obviously I've spoken on before on the podcast. I'm a very uh, big supporter of him as a player, and I've wanted him for a couple years now, so I'm happy he's at the club. Um, and I think he fills fills a role that we need, which is that you know that he's kind of like he's not quite a ten. Um, but you know, in this 4-1-4-1 that we play, I think that that Atiba role um, as like an eight that can also defend a little bit is going to be very important for us, especially as you know, Atiba's going to be like 38 years next year. So, uh, Kenan Karaman's another one that's reportedly, um, unfortunately, in my opinion, close to being finished. He's a free agent, so he's Turkish national. He won't take a foreigner spot, which is good. Um, I don't. I just hope the salary is low, but I, I think he's going to be a little bit overpaid. Um, you know, a little bit like you know the Turkish Laren, I guess you could say. He's, but he's not quite as uh, as big a fellow. Um, not my cup of tea. I've never been a fan. He's never scored ten league goals in his life. Um, scored seven in the second division of the, uh, of the Germany second Bundesliga last year. Uh, I think he's an average player. 
don't think he's been touch level, but maybe I'll be wrong. Um, and then I think there's we're supposed to bring in one, you know, big name striker from what the reports are. Um, so Diego Costa is a free agent, and I think <laughs> it's a it's a weird one. I think you know I'm hearing like two million euros is kind of like the salary that the number being thrown around. Um, I'm not really a big supporter of these type of transfers, but um, if the salary is reasonable enough um, and he's in good shape because he hasn't played in, in a while, I think he's been out of contract for six months, um, and he hasn't been in good form for maybe two or three years, but you know, he used to be a 60 million, 70 million euro player, so um, we'll see about that. Mitrovic, I think, is another name, but I think it's less realistic. Um, obviously, I, I understand they say Sergan wants so of course. I mean, Sergan can also want Messi, but Mitrovic is on like a four-year deal with Fulham. Um, they just got relegated, so while they'll, they'll be likely to want him to leave because he has a high salary for you know a championship team, um, there's going to be a lot of suitors. He's a big boy. He's aggressive. Um, it's 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 not like a under-the-radar player. Uh, the, He's not going to go for, you know, a free loan. It's going to, if anyone's going to loan him, it's going to be full salary and then a loan fee. Um, if not, a team just outright willing to buy him, which we obviously can't afford. So I would not put any belief in that happening unless it's like at the end of the window and they can't seem to get rid of him. Um, that's not, I don't think it's a transfer will get done quickly. We still haven't even locked down Gazal Rosier, so if we had money to spend like that, we would have been spending it. Um, and then my boy, he's still a little bit in the news, Alex Teixeira. Um, you know, done with his Chinese money-making uh, days. If I had to pick a star transfer, I said that's who I would pick. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, it depends what Sergan wants. For me, it's like, you know, he can play as a false nine, as a 10, or as a left wing. Like, you know, he can play as, in several functions, really talented player. That'd be my pick for, you know, if we're going to dish out two, two and a half million on a player. That'd be my pick. But, again, he's going to have interests. Um, and, you know, we missed out on the Hulk in the winter. Um, it's not a transfer I'm confident of getting done. And, you know, we missed out on a Bubu car. Um, I don't think Ahmed Norchebi is really, you know, dishing out the money like uh, Ormond was. Um, and then Kanai Han is another player that's been linked, I think, Gala and Trabzon and us. Um, you know, I've always, I've always liked him. The Zeros wasn't, you know, maybe the best look for him, but it's not his fault. The national team was kind of in shambles. He's not really a defensive mid, but he can play there. He can also play right back, and he's a pretty decent center back most of the time. Uh, he's not the same level as Chalar, Medi, or Ozan, but those players are way out of our price range. Um, if it can happen and the price is reasonable, especially on a loan, I'd be for it, you know, for depth um, and competition. But, again, I think, you know, Gala, I mean, Trapp's not spending so much money. It's, it seems like it'll be down to if they actually want him or not. So, that's, like, kind of the uh, the rundown of the, uh, the initial transfers. Um, I think a lot, I think we'll see a lot of movement starting soon because, you know, we have, we lost Abu, so he has to be replaced. Um, Kenan's coming in, but he's more of like a, a Jake Tosun replacement. Um, not really in a blue card replacement. So we need a star striker. Gezel hasn't come back. Rosia hasn't come back. So those are two transfers up in the air. 
and then uh, I think another left wing. We're not sure if Vita has offers, Lyage has offers, so uh, we'll see what's going on. But so far, I would say Sally and cannot look next two weeks. Um, after that, we'll see. So I'll try not to take up too much of your time because I'm sure Cotton has <laughs> gone on for a while. So that, that's the end of the roundup. Thank you so much, Evron. Thank you so much, Khan. Uh, great to be back with you folks. We will be back more regularly starting now. Uh, we got our little vacation out of the way, I suppose. Um, but so, yeah, obviously with, with Sergen re-signing, uh, there will be hopefully some transfer news incoming, you know, more and more. Uh, with more and more uh, frequency, at least, you hope. Considering we've had none thus far, officially, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's supposedly a lot going on in the Pipeworks and, uh, you know, a lot right around the corner, so we will be back, of course, we'll be back very soon with, with our follow-up parts two and three to, to the conversation I had with Khan, um, and everyone will keep, uh, you know, tossing us some bombas, uh, you know, afterwards. And of course, I hope to, to keep having some fun guests uh, throughout the summer. Talk about the previous season, uh, this current off season, perhaps even our upcoming season. Um, but so yeah, it should be a fun off season for us here at the Black Eagles Podcast. Uh, stay tuned for more. We will be back in a couple days with uh, part two of, of my episode of my interview with Khan. And uh, who knows? Maybe there will be some official transfer news in the in the works too. You never know. So yeah, do stay tuned. Do come back and uh, hang out with us again in the near future. Of course, um, <clears throat> follow us on Twitter. Follow our guest Khan at Razarian R A Z Z E R I A N. Follow myself at Sir underscore Rights underscore A Lot. Uh, follow the podcast at Eagles underscore Podcast. Uh, etc. 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 Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. And of course, as always, because I would be remiss not to mention, let's go, Cursing Trash! Peace out, everyone. Hopefully, news about uh, you know preseason schedule, transfers, all kinds of good stuff. Hopefully, uh, I just saw that we won a lawsuit. I don't know if we were being sued or if we were suing someone. But, uh, so yeah, perhaps we'll have more info on that in the next episode. Anyway, do stay tuned, uh, and we will be back shortly. I promise this time. Uh, I always keep my word, folks. <laughs> See you next time. Bro. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.